wanted to say thank you also to uh, Miss Jenny Cordes. She's over here working on on uh, the canvas. I'm trying to think of the art term for it, the, the canvas. And uh, she's been painting as we've been going through a series that we've been going through called The Journey and really just trying to find our journey through the Christmas story. And uh, so this morning, if you're taking notes, the, the title of the message is Journey to the Heart. And uh, how, many, how many kids in here, how many remember the, the movie called Journey to the Center of the Earth? Anybody remember that? It was, a real, it was an older movie, and then they redid it however many years ago. It might even be eight, ten years ago. And it was really like, you know, a grandfather was an adventurer, and, and he went out, and he was, you know, doing all these adventures, and he would send letters and stuff back to his grandson, and then his, the grandfather went missing. And all of a sudden, the grandson got these, these, like, these books and maps and all these different things, and he felt like his grandfather was calling him to search for him, that his grandfather was still out there. And he began to, to search for his grandfather using the clues and everything that he left there. And eventually it brought him to the center of the earth. And in, in the movie, the center of the earth um, was just this like lost world. There was dinosaurs and like, you know, bumblebees that were as big as dogs. And it's just kind of an adventure. And, you know, really, I believe that the good news is that, you know, um, Christmas is what it's all about, the adventure of Christmas and knowing God's heart. And I believe that Christmas is all about the journey from God's heart to our heart. He wants to bring his heart to us. Amen. So if you've ever been on like a journey yourself and maybe you've gone somewhere, you plan to go somewhere and you get down the road. Has this happened to anybody? You get down the road and you realize you forgot something vitally important back at the house. You're just like, what? And either you have to go back and get it, or you have to begin to figure out what you're going to do without it, because maybe you've gone too far to get back. Well, the good thing about it is the most important thing that you will ever need on every journey is always with you, and it's your heart. You can't go anywhere without your heart. You've heard the saying, you know, wherever you go, there you are, right? Well, God wants you to know today that no matter where you go, there he is too. He's always right there with you. He's just a breath away, and he loves you. And Christmas is about the journey of God's heart to your heart. Um, You know, on Christmas morning, people all over the world are going to open gifts. How many is excited? Got the kids? No kids excited about Christmas morning? Christmas morning, people are going to open gifts all over the earth. There's that anticipation. And I find that, you know, one of the best gifts that we can receive is a gift from the heart. When there's a heart behind it, whenever you know someone gave out of their heart, there's there's just a powerful uh, demonstration of love when someone gives you something that's from their heart. And really what it is, is it's the power of a heart, it's the power of an open heart, really is what's able to open up another heart. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to open up our hearts. And that's one of the first things I want you to get today as we go through. I just got a couple points. And the first one is this, that God wants to open your heart. And not just on Christmas, but every single day, his desire is to open your heart. His, his heart is open towards you, and he wants to open your heart towards him. I want to uh, watch this little video clip that we have there, if you got that ready. Wait, you're not singing. Yes, I am. No, 
you're not. You're just moving your lips. Michael, what's the big deal? Dad? Santa Claus is coming to How many people have seen that movie? How many people have seen that movie this year? How many people watch that movie every year? <laughs> it's kind of a fun movie. But the idea of that, the reason I wanted to show that is because, you know, through that movie, Elf, if you've never seen it, you should see it. It's a great family movie. Uh, the father really didn't have much of an open heart. I mean, he was really disconnected, not much of a connection with his wife. He had very little connection with his family. And here he is, you know, everybody, you know, his son was uh, really the elf, you know, came in to bring the spirit of Christmas. Of course, we know the spirit of Christmas is Jesus Christ. Amen. And there was just something powerful when he opened his heart. There is something powerful that will happen to your life when you open your heart to the God who created you, whose heart is open to you. It's just a powerful connection. And I want to show you uh, God's heart, really the power of God's heart for us. And this necessarily, it is part of the Christmas story, but you may not think of it as part of the Christmas story. Uh, in John chapter 1, verse number 1 through 5, it says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I mean, this is not just, you know, we, we think of the word life, and we're kind of, we use that word as if like what we've experienced in our life, but this is really the Zoe, the life of God in him, in Jesus was the life, and, and in, in that life was the light of men. It was really it was like daylight, because we were all living in darkness until Jesus came, and he turned on the light. The scripture goes on to say, it says, And the word became flesh, here comes Christmas, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. You know, before Christ came on the scene, because of the fall of man, everyone was in darkness. Everyone was really the, the, the fear of death. But Jesus came to take away that fear of death, to bring life, to bring restoration, to bring light, to introduce grace, God's divine enablement to be able to be saved beyond ourselves. Nothing we could ever do. Uh, for God, to, uh, for, for ourselves to be able to be free from our sin, but Jesus came to give grace and to give truth. So God wants to open your heart. And I want to I talk about three things of why God wants to open your heart. And we've kind of like, as we went through the Christmas story, we've talked about uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and we went down through Joseph and Mary, you know, in the manger in Bethlehem and so forth. And here we are in Luke chapter 2, because we're going in chronological order. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 21, we want to talk about a waiting heart. And, uh, and the verse says this, When eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord. 
as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. I don't know if maybe that's where they got that two turtle doves. I don't know. You know, a lot of things come from scripture. Verse number 25, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Now, I'm, I always like names, and the name Simeon means this, one who hears. But it goes on, it's just not one who hears, it's one who hears and obeys. And even a step farther, it's one who hears and obeys and is heard. That's powerful. His name means one who hears and obeys and is heard. And the Bible says this man was righteous and devout looking for the consolation or the comfort of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. How about a promise like that? In his time, the Lord revealed to him that he wouldn't even see death until his eyes gazed upon the promise for all mankind. And he came, the Bible says, he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents uh, brought in the child Jesus to, care, to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he, Simeon, took him into his arms and he blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Amen. I mean, here he is. The Bible doesn't say when he went home. And he, he, maybe he was even waiting. He's like, Lord, you said that you're going to show me, the, show me the, your promise, the Messiah, before I, I pass on. How many more years do I got? I don't know. I got my, my one grandma. She's just kind of like, I don't know why the Lord's keeping me around. Sometimes I'll joke with her. I was like, well, if you stop complaining about it, maybe he would take you. <laughs> Just, <laughs> there's always stuff for us to do. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So here he is uh, prophesying really and, and, and seeing about this child. And, and uh, we talked about, you know, God wants us to have an open heart. What I think about this is awesome is that Simeon, you know, waiting all this time, the Bible says he was righteous, he was devout, and he was watching. He was righteous in God's eyes according, doesn't mean he was sinless, we've talked about this through the series, but he was righteous in God's eyes according to the law that was there. He was walking blamelessly before the Lord according to the law, and uh, he was devout, meaning he was devoted to worship and to serving the Lord. That word devout just, just doesn't mean devoted, it literally means to be devoted to worship and to be devoted to serving. He was serving the Lord, and he was watching, really waiting for the comfort of of Israel. You know, the reason God wants to open your heart is because an open heart gets filled. God knows when you're, you have an open heart towards Him, He can fill that heart. And that's what He wants to do. God created your heart to be filled with His heart. He created your heart to be filled with Him. Just like Simeon, you know, he talked about here, he said that the, now your, your servant can depart in peace because the light and revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel has come. Just like Simeon, God wants to fill your heart with his presence 
and his peace and the revelation of his light, really his life, because his life brings light. That's why Jesus could say to Nicodemus, you know, without being born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You're still in darkness without that light coming on, and it takes that faith in Jesus Christ to bring the light. Amen? He was a man of worship. Man, I always love this when I heard this from a different minister years ago. And he said, that like, you know, praise and worship makes, makes you a target for God's presence. I don't know about you, but I want to be a target for God's presence. And when you're praising and you're worshiping the God of all creation, the God of Israel, you make yourself a target for his presence. Even the Bible confirms that because the Bible says he inhabits the presence or the praises of his people. Amen. He inhabits the praises of his people. Chronicles chapter 16 actually goes on and says, you know, God is looking for those. His eyes search to and fro throughout all the earth, looking for those whose hearts are completely given over to him so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for worshipers. Amen. So God wants to open your heart because he wants to fill your heart. Number two, God wants to open your heart because he knows that an open heart is valuable and useful. As we go on with this reading in the scriptures of Luke, Simeon had just finished saying that. And it says, and, and his father and mother, Jesus' earthly father, step, stepdad, Joseph, and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Here Mary opened her heart. Remember in the, in the story when, when uh, Angel Gabriel, he came first to Zacharias and he talked about the birth of John. And, and Zacharias has said, you know, how am I going to know this is going to come to pass? Really was, if you looked it out, he was saying, prove to me that this is going to happen because I'm old and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said, you're going to be mute because you did not believe the word of the Lord. And he went mute for nine months without being able to speak until he spoke out what the angel had said. His name will be John. Amen. And Mary, when Gabriel visited her, he said, she said, how is this going to be? But not prove it to me. She said, how can this happen? Because I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. And he said, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And that's why the seed within your womb will be considered the child of the Most High God. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. And it was done. Here she is. She opened her heart to receive what God wanted to say to her and do through her. And now Simeon is prophesying and saying to her, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel for a sign to be opposed and a sword will even pierce your own heart for the reason that the thoughts for many hearts will be revealed. God knows that an open heart is a heart that is valuable and useful because it's a heart that will be able to be shared to be able to be with others. An open heart is a sharing heart. Do you ever get a gift? Someone gives you a gift, and it's, just, it's, it's a bountiful gift in the sense that you're so overjoyed with this gift, and there's so much of the gift that it's more than you're, you can even hold yourself, and you're able to have a delight to be able to give some of that gift away. 
Amen. When you're full, it's easier to give away. When you're overflowing, it's more than easy to give away. And God wants us not only to be filled with Him, He wants us to overflow with Him because there's people who need Him. Amen? So God wants to use your heart to open the hearts of others. As we continue on in, in, uh, in this portion of Scripture, still at the same place, Jesus is there, Mary, Joseph, Simeon. Here's kind of we see, we've kind of saw a waiting heart in Simeon, a sharing heart in Mary. Now we're looking and seeing an overflowing heart through a prophetess named Anna. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 36, it says this, And there was a prophetess, Anna, whose name means gracious or grace, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Esher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple serving night and day with fastings and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him, Jesus, to all those who were looking for the redemption of Israel. Now, one translation says it this way, that last verse. It says, at that very moment, when, when uh, uh, Simeon was speaking, it says, at that very moment, she came up and began to give uh, thanks to God, picking up where Simeon left off. Just like, I mean, he's... he's under the unction of the Holy Spirit giving out and he is just finishing and here she comes by the power of the Holy Spirit just walking in the temple at that time and she takes off and begins to talk to those about those who are looking for the redemption of Israel. Now there's something to be said about this woman, you know, Jewish, you know, culture really, you know, between the age of anywhere between the age of 12 and 15, uh, the women would be married. Okay. And so if she got married between the age of 12 and 15, and then she uh, was married for seven years before her husband passed, she would be right around 20 years old, give or take. And then the Bible says that she was until she was 84. So that's about 60 years of serving God night and day with fastings and prayer. You know, we have a 21-day fast coming up here in, in, uh, in January. Can you imagine? I mean, some people look at 21 days of fasting and prayer like, oh, my gosh, 60 years every day fasting and praying. Now, obviously, I mean, unless it was really the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and she didn't need anything, I don't know. You've heard different stories of different people, but... I'm guessing, you know, she just how, periodically how she, how she did her fast. But man, she loved God's presence. She was loyal to her husband. Her husband passed away. She was in God's house. Now, scholars kind of differ between this. Some say that she, she lived in the temple because there were rooms in the temple for people to be able to live and to dwell and to serve. And some say, well, she probably lived outside of the temple, but she came and did service in the temple every single day for all those years. Either way, she was devoted to God. She was overflowing. She loved God's presence. Can you say amen? She loved to be in God's presence. And I love this, this last thing here where it says that she, was, she began to speak to them, picking up where Simeon had left off, to all those who were looking for the redemption of, of Jerusalem. Looking for the redemption. Now, if you don't know, the word redemption it, you know, comes from the word redeem, which means really to buy back. It's something that was lost. It, it, was, it, was, it was yours. It was lost. And there's a payment has to be made to buy 
it back. It's really, it means to bring back even for our own selves, you know, with what Christ has done, is to bring us back to the original design and purpose that God had intended for us from the beginning. They knew this. It was in regular Jewish culture to know about the fall and, and you know, Adam and Eve and sin that was in, 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 in humanity and, and the need of a Savior to come. And she was speaking to those who were looking for redemption. That word looking for really is, it's an expecting, but what's awesome about this word here when she said she was looking for, it wasn't just an expectation. It also means to uh, be accepting. So it's not just she was anticipating the Christ to come. She was anticipating this redemption and had the willingness to accept it when it came. See, there's a lot of people who want God to move, but they are unwilling to accept it whenever he comes on the scene. We have to have an open heart so that not only will we be able to be expectant of when God comes and what he wants to do in our lives, but we will be accepting when he comes and how he wants to do it. I'm sure Mary and Joseph had some different plans of how they wanted Jesus to be born into this earth, and it probably didn't include a stable with animals. But they didn't allow it to change their attitude that this was the holy child of Israel that was coming to the world to save all who would believe in him. Amen? Are you with me? So, you know, I, I love this one commentary uh, said this. It says, in effect, when, when Anna was speaking, in effect, Anna was saying this. In this babe, in this child that you see right here in the temple is wrapped up all of your expectations. That's exciting. She's picking up where Simeon left off, and she just comes in. She's glorifying God. Some people might think she's just that, that mad woman in church, right? Oh, hallelujah, coming in. And she comes in. All of a sudden, she's like, in this child, right here, you're looking for the redemption of Israel? In this child is wrapped up every single one of your heart expectations. This is he. He's the one. Amen? I love that. You know, so... God wants to open your heart, number one, because he wants to fill it. Number two, because an open heart is valuable and useful. And number three, the last one is God wants to open your heart because an open heart is a satisfied heart. He's the only one that can really satisfy your heart. Anna, I mean, what a, what a, a beautiful picture. She was so satisfied in the presence of God to serve him with prayers and fastings night and day for 60 years, just satisfied. There's nothing else. Oh, you can't get me away. It's time to be in the temple. It's time to be in his presence. Amen. God's looking for people of his presence. Amen. God wants to satisfy you with his presence. You know, another thing that kind of goes through throughout the, um, uh, the Christmas story is the Bible says several times through the Christmas story that Mary, with all the things that are going on, you know, all the things that are spoken from Zacharias and Elizabeth to the shepherds, you know, to the, the wise men, all these things. It says Mary pondered all these things in her heart. She had an open heart. It doesn't mean that she understood everything that was being spoken. You know, we think sometimes that they had it better than us, so to say, because all the things and the angelic things that were coming to them and so forth, she had to walk out her faith and, and be revealed through the process just as we do. 
We have, she didn't have Christ on the inside of her at that moment. It, it took the death and the resurrection for Mary, the mother of Jesus, to get the Holy Spirit on the inside, to be born again. Here we are. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us because we believe. And he leads us the same way that he leads them. It's not that we get everything at once. We just have to have an open heart to be willing to follow him every step of the way so he can fill us, so he can use us, so that we can be what he wants us to be, satisfied with only him. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, uh, in just a couple days, it's hard to believe, you know, we're coming to the end of this year, but just a couple days, you know, kids, I don't know about your kids, you know, my kids not so much more. Now, Silas, he's a little bit younger, so, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit hard for him to go to sleep on Christmas Eve night, you know, and uh, hear all the different stories I've heard of kids getting up while the parents fell asleep and unwrapping gifts and then wrapping them back up again. And anybody in here like that, don't raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, kids get excited about being able to open gifts. But you know what? God gets excited about being able to open up your heart. On Christmas morning, we're going to open up gifts from, from you know, families, from one another, friends, whatever it is. But on Christmas morning and every single day, God, whenever you wake up, because God don't sleep, when you wake up, he's doing everything in his power to be able to open up your heart heart. That's what he wants. He wants to open up your heart because he knows as the one who created you, he knows he's the only one that can satisfy the heart that he put in you. Amen? He alone is what truly, uh, is what your heart truly needs and desires. In him is wrapped up all of your expectations.